Do you know more about the Real Housewives than you do about your own family? Do you have strong opinions about Cody Brown's move to Flagstaff? I know I do. If that also sounds like you, then this is the podcast for all your reality TV pleasures. Recaps of episodes, reality TV gossip, and whatever I may feel like sprinkling in between. So come along with me, your host Catherine, on my adventures in reality TV. Hello everybody! Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Hope everybody's had a lovely week. This third week in January, something like that. Holy moly. I feel like time has been flying, man. I can't believe it. I hope everybody has has been enjoying whatever reality TV you've been watching or scripted TV, movies. I've been watching a lot of movies um, these last few nights. Uh, My husband and I have been going through this phase where we've been wanting to watch a lot of like psychological twisty thriller type of movies um and last night we watched a movie with some friends called take shelter so it's got michael shannon and jessica chastain is that the yes and uh if you don't know who michael shannon and he's michael shannon is he's the weird guy from uh, boardwalk empire <laughs> who looks like he can never smile in his entire life Good actor. I like him, but he's kind of a weird-looking dude. Anyways, he starts getting these weird, like, I don't know, apocalyptic dreams that a storm is a-brewing, and he starts building this storm shelter uh, in his backyard, and, like, people think he's going crazy. However, there's a twist at the end. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I highly recommend, if you're, you know, looking for just kind of a, I think it's from 2011? Yeah, so if you're looking for kind of a little psychological thriller, it's not scary, but more just a lot of suspense building, a lot of ominous type of, you know, figures in it, I I think you would like it. Also, yeah, the acting's good. Can't go wrong with Jessica Chastain. I love her. Yeah, and then, oh, the other movie, White Noise, that just came out on Netflix not that long ago. Uh, great cast, terrible movie. Just gonna say that. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's pretty much no fucking plot to it. At least that's what I thought. Uh, you look on Reddit and apparently lots of people have many intelligent and in-depth opinions about the movie. I don't know, it was boring to me. There was a lot of things that happened in the movie that, like, went nowhere or didn't seem to have any sort of real stakes behind it. Uh, people who have seen the movie know what I mean talking about that big-ass storm or something that they had to evacuate from. It's a, it, And it's a shame, because uh, Don Cheadle is in it, and I love Don Cheadle. I think he's super talented. I liked his character in it. Like, his character seemed well-acted. Um, I'm half and half on Adam Driver. He, for some reason, creeps me the fuck out. I don't know why. Um, for some reason, like, I watched a little bit of Girls. I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite understand the appeal of him in that. I thought his character makes me feel very anxious. And I've seen him in other movies. You know, I've seen him in Star Wars. I've seen him in A Marriage Story, all that type of stuff. And every time I look at him, I never forget the tweet I saw many, many years ago that said, Adam Driver looks like he has the skull of a greyhound. (laughs) Or something like that. And I'll never be able to unsee it. And it really messes with me. And in this white noise movie, he looks like a 70s porn star version of Snape. 
Professor Snape. It's it's bizarre to me. I didn't quite jive with it. So uh, apparently this is a movie podcast now. <laughs> I'll shut up about that. But yeah, I've just been kind of enjoying movies like that uh, the last few weeks. But otherwise, I've also been on a huge fucking 90 Day Fiance kick. Holy moly. I know I've talked about before that I was not really ever a 90 Day Fiance head. Well, I am one now. I am hooked on this shit. I I have this thing. It's a little system I have because there's so many spinoffs and seasons and couples. I have started doing this thing where I'll watch like two or three episodes of the beginning of the season. And then I jump right to the tell-alls. Because it's a good way to get a synopsis of the season. And then I also can listen to other podcasts about it and get, you know, general feelings and thoughts, opinions, all that type of stuff out about the couples and know what people are talking about. Because I've listened to 90 Day Fiance podcasts before from, you know, podcasts that I like or I find very funny. And... I don't know who the fuck they're talking about, so I'm like, this isn't very interesting. I need at least, like, a face to put to these names and stuff, and also a little bit of, like, seeing their bad shit on TV, seeing them be idiots on TV for myself, and then I can go back and listen to podcasts and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, Angela is a fucking nut job. Or, oh, yeah, Asuelo and his parent and his mom are fucking insane. You know, just shit like that. Oh, Colty and Larissa. Totally a bad match from day one. So I have thoughts. And my my goal is I'm working kind of, I've been writing up some things, doing, maybe I want to do a couple episodes of like deep dives of some of the couples that I like. I know it wouldn't be anything new. A lot of people have been in the 90 day game for a long time. And so I'm like just new to it. But there's a few couples that really stick out to me. Uh, Elizabeth and Andre, Andre, as Elizabeth has to always put that rolling R in there. They are an interesting couple to me. I'll admit, Andre is a very nice looking man. He looks like he could pick me up and bench press me very easily and I wouldn't feel insecure about it. He looks like a very strong Eastern European hockey player, which I am not against that type. However, he also looks like he would smack you in the mouth and tell you to shut up. So I'm not that into him, you know? And I worry about Elizabeth. I feel like she has let Andre's assertiveness and... uh macho mentality create a lot of issues uh interpersonal for her between her and her family I mean her family isn't perfect either but um yeah Andre can be a bit of a dick and so I worry about them and they also have children together so that's great (laughs) uh so yeah they're definitely a couple I'm like I have my eye out on and I'm like "Mm, all right I need to see some more there's also uh, Kalani and Asuelu, which I, I know I've made comments about them before. They were kind of my the first couple I ever was introduced to in terms of 90 Day Fiance. And I think the cultural difference between them is so interesting, especially because Kalani is technically half Samoan, but her father has tried to remove himself so far from that culture that um, 
her and Asuelo, Asuelo being directly born and raised and has lived in Samoa all of his life, are very, very different. Especially um, <clears throat> Kalani is clearly much more mature than Asuelu, and Kalani knows that, like, you have to take care of your kids, you have to, like, make money to support kids. However, I don't think it was the smartest thing to have Asuelu come on over on a 90-day K-1 visa. You know, but who am I to judge, I guess? I'm only here on my podcast just talking shit. Um, and yeah, I find their interactions very interesting. I like Kalani's sister, Colini. That would be very hard to keep track of when they're kids. Like, Kalani, Colini! I'm sure they were called each other's names constantly. I like her. She seems really, like, blunt and has no problem, like, speaking the truth. She... And also, like, she takes Asuelo's side against his family sometimes when they're being out of hand. Asuelo's sister, oh my god, is... She she looks like a Suelo with a wig on, and she wants to fight everybody. She's always trying to get in people's faces, but also wants Kalani to have a bunch of babies and respect a Suelo. What a mess. What a mess. And then I also, uh, you can't forget Colty and Larissa. For years, I had heard people talk about Colt and Larissa, and I thought that it was actually Colty was his name. No, it's just because Larissa... And talk about a, a melting face, a changing face. I don't think that woman looks ex- at all like herself that she did at the beginning of this show. And she's got very, very large basketballs on her chest now. I mean, good for her. If she's able to get the surgery, however she paid for it, good for her. I don't care. But, wow, Larissa is a trip. Uh, Debbie, Mother Debbie... I wish her all the best in Canada. I wish, uh, that's a weird relationship. So that's why I want to go into these deep dive episodes. I have a lot of thoughts about (laughs) these fucking weirdos. Let's just put it that way. They're all a bunch of fucking weirdos. TLC loves to have it, you know, put them on parade for us all. So (laughs) that's what I've been enjoying a lot. Um... Let me know what you have been enjoying on 90 Day Fiance. I put out a little, like, survey on my Instagram stories. You know, follow the podcast, at Adventures in Reality TV. And I saw some people, I asked people, like, what spinoffs are they watching? I've been watching a lot of the tell-offs for Happily Ever After, Before the 90 Days, The Single Life, that type of stuff. And then also, I was wondering, I didn't get many answers of, like, what's your favorite 90 Day Fiancé season? Because I've watched 6 and 7 in most of its entirety. And then I think I started season 5 a little bit. The one with Nicole and Azen. That's another couple. Oh, Nicole and Azen. Oh, talk about not too much going on up there. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. So... Yeah, I didn't hear many responses for that. However, a lot of people are watching Before the 90 Days, so I'm going to have to get more into that. And then a lot of people also were saying that they are planning to watch Seeking Brother Husbands, which I'm very excited for. we still got over a month for that to start, but I'm excited everyone will be kind of watching that. And give me more input about 90 Day Fiancé. I need... I need the more experienced 
watchers to guide me. Take me on this path, please. <laughs> Anyways, I'll shut up for now. Let's get into what we are actually here to talk about today, which is sister wives. And I'm going, as promised, all the way back, all the way back to 2010. Oh, what a time. Things were simpler. I was Mira, God, 20 years old. <sighs> never, never again. <laughs> so yeah, we are going back to the first season of Sister Wives. Uh, season one, episode seven, four Browns and Counting. So this is Robin and Cody's wedding episode. And what was interesting is this episode was only 20 minutes. I forgot back in the early seasons, a lot of the episodes are only 20 minutes, which for recapping and taking notes on is amazing. I loved that. Only took me like 45 minutes as opposed to two hours. And also in these episodes, they're actually doing things besides just sitting in talking heads or just having conversations outside, you know, in a bunch of lawn chairs. So that makes it easier to recap because it's not you know, sitting there trying to get everything down word for word and instead can just describe what they're doing. And wow, I I forgot how chaotic and illogical Robin and Cody were even before they got married. They have been making things harder on themselves since day one. And this was a perfect masterclass in watching that. <laughs> And so, yeah, this episode was really, really fun look back on the Brown family. The dynamics between the wives is bone chilling how different and just forced it feels like now, uh, especially at the end when they talk about like Robin joining the sorority and blah, it's weird. So anyways, let's jump into the episode. We start off. with a shot of the Lehigh house. Because if you remember back in the old days when they lived in Lehigh, Utah, all of the family was together. Well, and then Robin in her rental house somewhere. Uh, and Cody is getting ready. You know, he's got to go bro out with his guys before getting married again. You know, he's got to have a, you know, it's not a bachelor party, he says. You know, because, you know, Logan is coming because he's pretty much a man. But like... He may be the only bachelor. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah, Cody is, um, you know, getting his testosterone out, making sure everyone remembers that he is a big buff man before he gets another wife. However, Cody does want to make sure that we know he prefers the company of women over men. So, like, he's not gay, but, uh, you know, he's he's got to get away from that estrogen. And, you know, so he's got his bros around, one of them show up, and they, like, gotta they do some full pull-ups. Oh, my God. It is so cringy seeing him just geek out about being able to, like, be a tough guy and, like, bro out with his dudes for a few hours. Like, <laughs> so... Yeah, a couple of Cody's friends show up. Like I said, he, one of them... Him and Cody go back and forth showing who can do pull-ups on one of the workout machines, whatever. 
And then another friend of Cody's is sitting down and he says, I wish I could just find one normal girl. And this is when Cody decides to tell him, oh, he's got a lot of single girls coming to the wedding reception. <sighs> Emphasis on the word girls. I'm like, Cody, what do you mean girls? You should be saying women. <laughs> I'm not going to be the semantics maybe, but I didn't like it. Because also this guy that he's talking to looks like he's in his 40s. So he should be finding a woman that probably isn't referred to as a girl. Whatever. Any, Anywho, uh, I also found it funny. Logan makes a little comment like, these guys bicker, or these guys gossip more than anyone I've known. And he just kind of rolls his eyes. I bet Logan is like, fuck, I don't want to go out and do this. Can I stay home, please? So they take to the Suburban and go off to do, I don't know, whatever lame-ass shit Cody wants to do. Probably, I don't know, play chess and drink soda pops because Cody doesn't, you know, he's like, there were no girls, there were no beer. It's like, what'd you do? <laughs> I shows what I think. I'm like, what? You didn't go to a strip club or get drunk? What the fuck else do you do? <laughs> Although now that I think about it, knowing Cody, he probably went to a gun range. Um... Knowing him, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they went and did. Whatever. Okay. That's what he wants to. So now we are at Robin's house, and this is the night before the wedding. She's looking all, you know, fresh as a daisy and a ripe. What is she? Hold on. Let me look this up. Was she 30? Robin? I feel like, no, because if she was, she would be like 40 now, and I know she. Robin Brown age. 44 years. Okay, she was born in 1978, and so this was filmed in 2010. Okay, she was 32 at this point. 31, 32. So it's crazy to think that she was the same age as me here, because, I mean, I guess why I, wa I watched this originally when I was, like, 18. Uh, no, I was I was 20, because I just said that. that. This came out in 2010. I would have been 20 then. Almost turning 20. No, when the... What? I was born in 91... I was 19. Okay. Jesus Christ, Catherine. What is wrong with you? I was 19 when this show came out, and I watched this as it aired. I am a diehard, from the day, hipster when it comes to Sister Wives. And to me, 30 years old seems so much older. You know, when you're young, 18, 19 years old, you think, oh my God, a 30-year-old. That's a full-grown adult. That's, I mean, they're practically in the nursing home at that point. Now at 30... I still feel like I have the mind of a 12-year-old at some times. So seeing Robin, who seems so matronly and like, but also she looks so young compared to the other wives. She does almost feel like a baby. It, it, it's weird. It's this kind of like dichotomy with her. Um, it, but she also like, I do, I forgot like how pretty Robin is and just how... I mean, I could understand being some of the other wives being like, fuck, you have this 30-year-old that's gorgeous, this tiny little thing. She's got her cute little, you know, dark hair and wearing her little puffer jackets. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be a little threatened too. I would be too if I were Mary, Janelle, and Christine. But as we see... <laughs> Later in this episode, they're not threatened at all. This is beautiful. This is this is everything they've wanted. Um, but yeah, so we are at Robin's house, and she is going through a survival kit that the girls gave her for Cody. A, a Cody survival kit. 
And um, do you, she said she had a bridal shower. Do you get a bridal shower for a second marriage? I thought it was kind of like a baby shower. Like you only get one for the first. Is that? Okay. So in this kit is celery. Uh, because I guess Cody loves celery. Of course, Cody would love the most boring and, like, disgusting vegetable ever. And that man probably doesn't put any peanut butter on it. Mm, mm, mm. Cereal killer. And also salt. Because I guess Cody is obsessed with salt. And this is when Robin tells us a little story about how one time she made Cody eggs. And in her heathen way, she dared to put pepper on them. And funnily enough, Cody then said to Robin... That's okay. Christine will show you. Hmm. So this is a little glimmer back into the days when Christine was top dog. And, you know, in Robin's mind, though, she says, you know, Cody's so worth it. And he does everything that he can to meet all of his wife's needs. So, you know what? Giving up Pepper? No problem. She can do that. No sweat. (laughs) The sacrifice. Remember, the sacrifices that Robin has made to be in this family. She gave up Pepper. God damn it. (laughs) So now we have reached the morning of the wedding. Uh, Robin is now ironing her ugly ass brown dress. Now, anybody who hasn't uh, watched Sister Wives before, look up. Well, no, I'll I'll post a picture on the Instagram when I post for the episode. These, uh, (laughs) oh, Robin had had some plans when she designed those brown mother of the wife, (laughs) sister wives of the wife dresses. They are an awful shimmery shade of brown. Um, And then they have it with purple, brown and purple. I get, I guess I get that they were like, oh, we're the brown family, so we're going to do brown dresses. Mm, I don't think you needed to go that hard on it. You could have stuck with the purple. The purple was beautiful. I mean, shoot, we see in, it's funny, uh, in the talking heads with the wives, I forgot that they used to like color coordinate their outfits. And so in some of the talking heads with just the first three wives, they're all wearing different shades of purple and like purple outfits. (laughs) They looked lovely in that. Why wouldn't these brown dresses? Oh, even in 2010, I know styles have changed over the 13 years. Oh, not great. Not great. I'm going to put it out there. Not great. Robin knew what she was doing. She's like, I'm going to make these bitches look awful. They're going to look like turds in these little, in these brown dresses. Anyways, um, so Robin has waited till the last minute to iron her ugly ass brown dress. And from the talking, they're on the talking couch. This is back when they all talked together on the couch with Cody and the wives. They said it looked like rain was coming. And Christine, in her weird, pious self, remember, because these people used to be very, very religious and very, very polygamous, she would say, Heavenly Father wouldn't do that to us. Oh, <laughs> that was very creepy to hear come out of Christine because I don't, it, it's like she's a completely different person now. And her saying something like that is just like jarring. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, you really used to like, be hard into this shit. Okay. So then we find out that Robin and Cody put the wrong address on their wedding invites. I'm sorry, how the fuck do you do that? Even in 2010. 
before the days of Google Maps on our phones, and I mean, we were still probably map questing. I mean, I, or they probably, Cody mentions at one point he has a GPS, so I mean, he, I, 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 I'm confused. Only the Brown family, only in this fucking family. Uh, and so Robin says, you know, that they've emailed, they've texted, they've called everybody they can, but, you know, Robin, the genius, came up with the amazing plan. They have a big glass jar with a lid on it because it may rain, you know. And those jars, that jar is going to have pieces of paper with the real address listed on it. So, again, um, they aren't explaining how did that real address not get on the invites? Like... There's something, there's a part of this story that's being missed uh, because what we see is this jar and it says, you know, Brown family celebration, not here. Take this address and then a picture to make it pop, Robin says, a picture of Robin and Cody. So they'll know, you know, oh, in case there's another Brown family celebration that had a wrong address printed, (laughs) you'll know it's for Robin and Cody, not... For someone else's. Uh, again, I'm wondering how the fuck did you put the wrong address and then send them out to people? And this is what I'm, I was saying before. Cody and Robin have been illogical and dumb from the get-go, even before they were married. So really, they are perfect for each other. They truly are soulmates. And this just proves it. Um, so (laughs) another thought I, I thought, another thought I had was what if one of the other wives like last minute actually sabotaged the invitations? What if one of the wives was like, oh, I'll take care of invitations and then actually puts the wrong one on there. And then, cause like they wanted to fuck it up and make it more difficult and cause more stress for Cody Robin. Mm, What if that happened? I don't think that's the case. I think I think it's more believable. Um, you know, usually the simplest explanation is usually right. I think Cody and Robin are just idiots. But it's fun to think maybe there was some sabotage in there. <laughs> so yeah, anyways, on the day of her wedding, Robin is running around like a chicken with her head cut off. Um, and I'm asking, does she not have cousins? Does she not have sister wives? Where are the sister wives around? Don't polygamists have, like, 25 siblings and cousins, aunts? Like, why is she doing this all by herself? And then Cody just cheesing, saying he's, you know, he feels like he's a 12-year-old today. He's just all giddy. He shows up and in all of his his infinite wisdom thinks, oh, I think I should go and get a bouquet of balloons for this address jar so people can see it better. Yes, that is the most helpful thing in the world. Meanwhile, none of the kids, none of Cody's kids... No, Robin's kids. Well, they are Cody's kids now. Cody and Robin's kids aren't ready for the uh, wedding at all. Like Dayton and Aurora, Brianna, whichever one it is, they haven't showered yet. Uh, And he clearly sees that Robin is running around frantic trying to get a million things done. And so what does he do? Nah, gonna go get some balloons. (laughs) All right, Cody. So helpful. So... Like I asked, where were the sister wives? Where, you know, 
And they they are, um, along with the other girls, the other daughters, are getting their hair done and pampering themselves for the wedding day. I love it. I kind of secretly love that. Robin is working her ass off like a mad woman, and the other wives are just like, yay, it's the wedding. We're getting a sister wife. So then Cody buys these balloons. Of course, they're purple and brown. Uh, But he can't find the wrong address. So now I'm thinking, you have the wrong address on these invitations. How did you even have that address first if you can't find that? And at one point, Cody is driving around in a uh, cul-de-sac, or a, not a cul-de-sac, um, a roundabout thing in a neighborhood. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. And then he mentions, oh, I guess I'm going to have to GPS this. Did you, what? You were just eyeballing and going, oh, I know where to go. I know where to go. No, you don't. You put the wrong address on your fucking invitations, and then you can't find that address to put your magic jar of, you know, with the balloons and stuff in your picture. He's so stupid. Like I said, these people are idiots. They're fucking idiots. (laughs) Anyway, um, so then we see Robin has showed up to the salon with the other ladies, so I guess she did get together with them to get ready. And on the couch, she reflects about how much her and Cody have been through, you know, in their long 10-month courtship. Well, I guess 10 months is a long time. You know, they have so many hot cocoa dates, those five-hour trips to St. George for banging. Oh, I'm sorry, not to bang, because remember, they've had a chase courtship. These grown people with children have never had sex with each other. Remember that. Um... And so now we see Cody back in his van and he finds the closest thing to the wrong address. And this is like literally just in a neighborhood in front of some houses. Like it looks like he was driving through a subdivision and was like, oh, this seems close enough. And he just places the jar with the addresses and balloons on the sidewalk in front of a random house. Like I have so many questions, so many questions about this whole thing. Where did you get this address? How did you ever think this is... What? And imagine you're living in one of those houses. This man shows up with a camera crew, puts a glass jar with addresses in front of it, or addresses in it, and balloons in front of your house. And people are supposed to come up and be like, Oh, wrong place. People that they're claiming they already texted and emailed and called. Uh, it it makes no sense. Make this make sense for me, Cody. Please, I'm giving you every ability to, you could have explained this, but they can't because it was probably because they're dumb. (laughs) All right, so the, the jar has been placed. All is fine. Now Robin is back at her house in her ugly brown dress, running around in chaos. Her kids are going nuts being little terrors, and then back on the talking couch, Robin says that she wondered to herself, why am I alone? Why didn't I plan this better? And pretty much all the wives are like, yeah, you should have asked us to take the kids. But instead, you know, Cody just showed up with them at her house, and then he goes off to get balloons. So that's on you, boo-boo. You should have planned this a lot better and said, hey, sister wives, come help me. But, uh, you know... Cody is amazing, and he's so, you know, helpful, and he got those balloons. 
the sister wives went and got their pedicures and their hair done like Robin asked. And that's that. <laughs> now we are back at the Lehigh house. And Mary and Cody have a little steamy moment while Mary is uh, putting on his bow tie for his tux. They're giving each other little sweet eyes. They're saying they both look good. Mind you, Leon is standing right there watching them two feet away. And we hear Mary say, I wish it was my wedding night. Excuse me? We don't need to hear that. Your child is right there. Stop it. Stop it, Mary. Get it together. So, you know, this is back when Mary and Cody were hot and heavy still. They kiss. And it actually didn't seem that forced, interestingly. Like, it's... God, such a blast to the past looking at all this stuff because things are so wildly different. Um, But yeah, so they're giving each other little smooches, loving up on each other. You know, Mary's giving Cody a reminder. Remember who's first, bitch. Remember who's first. (laughs) Now we are back at Robin's where it is Chaos Central. And she is running out to the car, her second wedding dress in hand. Because don't forget, Robin is going to have a wedding dress. And she's not going to let those bitches forget that she is the bride today. Anyway, she's running up to her minivan. The kids are locking her out of the car. And so Robin's like, let me in. (laughs) You can tell she's just frantic. Meanwhile, where's Cody? (laughs) Giving googly eyes to Mary, not doing shit at his house. On the couch with all the wives he says he didn't realize how stressed out robin was of course he wouldn't realize that of course how could cody ever think outside of himself and his 12 year old giddiness you know little boy self that he was you know being and think oh wow maybe the bride also this mother who has three children she has to get ready huh maybe she is stressed out during the day (laughs) fucking he is clueless this man is clueless okay and we why are we surprised it in season 17 that's on me boo boo that's on me (laughs) so now it is wedding time and according to the sorry my nose i don't know if you can hear in the my nose is super itchy so i have to keep like rubbing it anyways (laughs) The ceremony, they say, was very, very private and very sacred. Robin says, there was a lot of love and a lot of acceptance in the ceremony. Okay, whatever that fucking means, acceptance in the ceremony. I think she means that as like, oh, I was being accepted into the family. Or being accepted because she's a divorced harlot. (laughs) But, I don't know, maybe they probably read some fucking prayers from the Book of Mormon and Robin probably obeyed, promised to obey and respect Cody, you know, because remember, Cody doesn't want love. He wants respect. So we see the rest of the brown kids are getting all fancy. The boys are in their tuxes. And again, we see them go to a full-on reception, like banquet hall venue. How the fuck did they put the wrong address on their invitations again? This is a business. This is an established entity. And you're telling me that in 2010, there there wasn't a way to put a proper address on that onto your... Mm-mm-mm. What? Again, this gives me 80 million more questions. And I don't think there's going to be any answers. 
God, this episode was just such a great glimmer into the chaos, the lack of planning, the lack of insight that the, this entire family has. Oh, it's genius. Genius. Um, so now it is time to wrangle the, the Brown family and get family pictures done. And this is when we get to see a very domineering and kind of aggressive side of Mary, uh, or as she puts it in her own words, the picture Nazi of her comes out. So Mary is probably every professional photographer's nightmare. And she is that lady standing behind the camera trying to pose everybody. She's yelling at people to stop playing with their hair. You know, chins up, everybody. She's that lady. Um, and God, this was triggering just thinking about some of the family picture taking at my wedding. And oh, because I have so many nieces and nephews and wrangling them all making sure it got there wasn't a single picture where everybody had their eyes open it's what a process <laughs> then surprisingly in the talking on the talking couch janelle gives a hats off to mary for for essentially being the picture nazi and mary says that um she says she knows she's a perfectionist and christine makes a little comment like oh, what's that <laughs> so that gave a little bit of insight i think into their dynamic kind of like christine's like oh Really, Mary? Giving her a little sarcasm. And then probably in the last first and ever time we see Cody give Mary a um, compliment, he calls her actually the picture goddess. Oh, so sweet of him. <laughs> I, I think picture Nazi is probably more accurate. Now one of Robin's daughters during this whole picture process is, you know, turning on the waterworks typical kid fashion christine in the talking couch she's like honey her world is changing and what i thought was kind of funny robin is like well if that's the case she's going through huge changes every other day <laughs> and i didn't it's funny because i don't think robin was as soft on her kids back in the day as she is kind of now um now i feel like she's very much like <gasps> My babies need to be in little bubble wraps and can't be harmed in any way where, you know, when she's kind of younger, she's like, I don't know, but she's a little prima donna and she needs to cut it the fuck out. <laughs> also, like, these kids are just hellions in general. They're going all over the place, doing this and that for the wedding. It's a lot of excitement. It's a lot of, you know, they're dressed up. Of course, one of them is going to fucking go crazy and cry. It also doesn't help. You got Hitler Mary barking orders at you and you're, when you're trying to d take pictures. Shit, I'd probably cry as an adult. <laughs> um, so then we see people showing up for the reception. It looks like a really pretty outdoor space. I'm going to have to look up the name of what it was. I wonder if it's still in, like, in business. In Lehigh, I assume? They probably got married in Lehigh. Yeah, because they were all, like, getting ready at the house, and then they get in their cars and drive away. Um, and so now this is when Robin switches over to her white wedding dress, and, you know, they have this really, really nice, beautiful, like, four-tier wedding cake. And, you know, Robin and the wives take pictures together. Of course, the wives are now still in their ugly-ass <laughs> brown dresses. And this is where now Robin gets her clada ring and immediately robin opens up her gift all the wives and cody and her standing around their big cake and robin is just emotional immediately and um 
this, you know, the Clotta ring is the traditional Irish ring. It's got the crown, which stands for loyalty, Cody's favorite. <laughs> and then the heart, which stands for love. And then hands, which stand, uh, which stand, which stand for friendship. I have a Clotta ring myself, and they are very beautiful. Um, and I think the meaning behind them is very good. I'm curious. I don't know if they put like a little stone in there, you know, like her birthstone or maybe like for the month they got married. I don't know. But what was kind of funny is Robin opens up the case, the ring box, and she sees that it's this Clotta ring. And she almost goes into this little Irish accent when she announces, she's like, it's a Clotta ring. It's a brown family tradition. We all have them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was imagining it, but it almost sounded like she like had to turn on the Irish or something and prove to them. Like, are the Browns even Irish? Or maybe they are. I don't know. I haven't mentioned it if they are. But I, it just kind of made me laugh that she had this little Irish twang to her. And then on the couch with the other ladies, this is just Robin with the ladies, she says that she feels like she made it into a sorority. A very weird sorority where you all bang the same guy. <laughs> it's very obvious Robin is trying to just brown nose. Ha, 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 ha. No pun intended. Brown knows her way into this family and is just trying to suck up as much as she can to be like, they're really accepting me. And, you know, they have really just given me so much love. And, you know, I've made it into the sorority. They accept me. Whatever. And then we are back in the wedding and we see Cody and Robin do the cake cutting. Cody is coming at it horizontally and Robin is like, whoa, 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 stop that. And so they finally cut the cake. And Christine claims that she saw Cody try and then shove the piece of cake into Robin's mouth. Um, <laughs> I guess. I mean, it kind of looked like he was like, I, it wasn't like he was trying to shove it into her face. Like, ah, take that. But it was more, I, I don't know. He was like, here, eat the whole piece. <laughs> whatever it's Cody he put the wrong fucking address on the his wedding invitations what do we expect from him he's not going to know how to cut a cake or feed somebody so then we hear the other wives um talk about their wedding experiences poor Janelle Eeyore from the beginning says that they really didn't do anything to bring her in the family they had a really small ceremony and actually Janelle lost a lot of people in her life after she got married because they were so appalled that, you know, she joined this lifestyle and became a polygamist. And then we see the infamous photo that everyone, you know, any Sister Wife fan has seen it. They've probably put it in every episode at this point. The picture of Janelle and Cody holding the cake knife. Apparently Cody knew how to cut a cake back then. Uh, but they look like they're literally dressed for a funeral. It It's like... It does not look like a wedding. If someone were to say, like, oh, what is this picture of? I'd be like, a joint birthday party? A cake for a funeral? A luncheon? <laughs> I don't know. But it didn't look like a wedding. And then Christine says that her reception was very different from Robin's and was also very, very small. And then we see the famous picture of Christine and Cody together. Cody is in an all-white tux. Christine is in a white dress. Now, and... <laughs> before I get somebody mad, I do not say, oh, you have to wear a white dress to your wedding. Shit, I looked at 
black dresses for my wedding, but then realized I wanted to go with more of a traditional route. I don't give a fuck. But look at that picture of Janelle and Cody and tell me that that is a wedding. <laughs> okay? That is not, no. They looked like they were going to a luncheon for a church lions club meeting or something. I don't know, but it wasn't a wedding. <laughs> um, so yeah, back to Christine. That picture of Cody in an all-white tux with Christine in a, a white dress. And then Mary, you know, says that her and Cody's wedding actually was a pretty big event. And Janelle actually was there. Because let's never forget, and we don't talk about it fucking enough, that Janelle and Mary's brother were married at one point. <laughs> so shit, Janelle was maybe even a bridesmaid. <laughs> so now we, back are, we are back at Cody and Robin's wedding, and they're dancing at the party. Um, and Cody equates this <laughs> as a coming out party. You know, and so then a bunch of gay strippers come out and I'm coming out starts playing. No, <laughs> no. Um, I, but yeah, I guess Cody equates this as like coming out to their friends that they're polygamists. I don't think that's a secret to anybody. Um, I don't think like coming out that you're getting a new wife. Okay. Well, you did that two other times already. So <laughs> is it really new at this point? But yeah, I find it funny that Cody is equating this. Because Cody is one of those, he's a very, very bigoted man. However, he considers himself just as persecuted as, like, LGBTQ people. Uh, he considers himself persecuted as much as, like, black people. Um, you know, this man has been marginalized, pushed down, you know, anything that you could to Cody. He is experienced, okay? So... Oh my god. It's his coming out party, baby. Anyways, so then we see a bunch of, you know, slow-mo shots, the family's dancing. You know, it's definitely a a change in what we're used to seeing. You know, Christine and Cody are dancing and having what looks like genuine fun. You know, Janelle and Cody are dancing. I don't think Janelle, I think we've seen her dance twice on this show and they were both at weddings. And they... Her and Cody look like they're genuinely having fun. You know, all that type of stuff. The kids are dancing together, blah, 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 blah. Looks like a very nice reception. Then Christine is on the couch saying that it was all a blessing. The reception and everything. Uh, <laughs> that aged interestingly, didn't it? It's interesting to see Christine in that mindset. And I'm curious if she did truly believe that or if it was at, like, I, I'm I'm curious if she did believe that at the time or if she was just keeping sweet and knew that for the sake of the TV show and that they were brand new at this, this is the first season. You know, at this point when they're filming all this, I don't think any of it is aired, so they don't know the reception to them at all. You know, I'm curious if she was just saying it's a blessing to look happy and healthy on TV or did she genuinely genuinely believe that at the time and then things went to shit I don't know but um so the end of the night has come and Cody is going to say goodbye to all of his wives before he leaves for a 11 day honeymoon with Robin 11 days and in San Diego what do you do for 11 days in San Diego what 
Okay. So anyways, Koei is walking each of his wives out. And, you know, of course, you know, St. Mary, as she's walking out, Cody is saying, I love you truly. I love you deeply. I think that's the last time we ever see Cody say I love you to Mary. <laughs> Maybe a couple more seasons he does it. But it's... The, the, the clock is ticking on their relationship, that's for sure. Um, and of course, you know, Robin, she's like, I want, I saw Cody with Mary walking out and I, I tried to make a beeline to get out of their way. You know, he needed that moment with them. And then St. Mary grabbed her and gave her a big hug, you know, and it was just a moment of welcoming, blah, 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 blah. shut up. <laughs> All of the, both of these two are trying to be, who can out, better the other one who can be the the better wife the more selfless one it's like shut up get out of here you i'm in this ugly ass brown dress i'm walking out with my husband and now i gotta hug you okay (laughs) that's what i'm probably imagining mary is thinking um but anyways yeah so they're everything is just hunky-dory they say goodbye Christine in a talking head. This is also very interesting. She says that she looks forward to a big, big house with everyone like they have now where they have like their separate quarters, but they're all together. It's very interesting because then she learns when she got her independence in a house of her own. She's like, fuck this. I'm never going back to being the basement wife. (laughs) And then Janelle says she is seeing, you know, the five of them at football games at graduations all together. Mary then says she would call all of them best friends. L-M-A-F, wait, (laughs) L-M-F-A-O. Wow, they were spoon feeding us some bullshit back in the day. Best friends. Little do we find out that Janelle and Mary fucking hated each other. Christine didn't like Mary. You know, like, oh my. That's so funny to me that she considers them best friends. And that's why I'm like, that's why I go back to like what Christine was saying on the couch of like, oh, it was a blessing. And, you know, the reception, everything was so nice and beautiful. I'm like, do you really mean that? Because there's no way the two of you were best, the three of you were best friends at this point. No fucking way. I mean, they, I'll admit when I first watched this show, I was like, damn, they're putting on a good show. Like I... Maybe they do seem to get along. Maybe they do don't have, maybe they don't have problems of like hearing your husband fuck another woman in the house. Like, I don't know, maybe. But now that we have finally opened Pandora's box and we know the truth and, you know, and also at this point they have, they had released Becoming Sister Wives shortly after this point, that literary masterpiece. (laughs) Where they go into, you know, Janelle had left the family before at one point, um, you know, and they kind of go into Robin's background, yada, yada, yada. But uh, at this point, they are really making it out to be like everything is great and we find Robin coming into the family to be such a blessing. But what is funny is you also see very small glimmers and I'm going to be covering the honeymoon special next week for Robin and Cody's 11-day adventure through San Diego. <laughs> you know, oh, you'd think 11 days, is that a, a European vacation? You're going, I don't know, multiple places over? No, San Diego, two states over. Um, 
I mean, San Diego's a beautiful city. I've been there, but I don't know what I would have done for 11 days. So that's funny. We know what they were doing. They were banging, and they needed a full 11 days to do it. 11 days, one day for each of the months they're recording, plus one. How about that? Oh, anyways. Um... Yeah, so that's kind of where the episode ends. Mary calling all the ladies her best friends. And then we, in very 2009, 2010-esque, a slideshow with this nice kind of swelling music is in the background and lots of pictures of the wedding. And then, wouldn't it be nice if they just said, and the Browns lived happily ever after. (laughs) Nat. No, they did not. Um... So yeah, that was that was a fun episode, and all of that in 23 minutes. Wow, imagine that. Like, we didn't have to hear, you know, 20-second replays of what we just watched and then what's coming up. We didn't have to hear, you know, 20 minutes of Cody and Robin and Talking Heads bullshitting us. I mean, we got a little bit of it. It was in tolerable amounts. I vote we go back to 20-minute Sister Wives episodes. I think it would be much better, uh, but only if they move us up in the storyline because, as everyone knows, we are way too far behind in the current season. But I liked this episode because it moved along. We got good sound bites. We got good interesting points. I mean, that fucking jar of addresses is going to be living infamy in my mind. Just... Peak idiocy from Robin and Cody. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it, and it just things are so different. I'm Even Cody, his... You can tell Cody is a jaded, jaded man now. I He looks angry now, as opposed to when he's younger. And, I mean, his hair, that's the biggest difference. That perm he has now, trying to cover up the deteriorating hairline that he I mean Cody just go bald you know what Cody needs to buzz his head he would be pretty handsome Cody's not a bad looking guy you see those old pictures of him and his wedding Cody is not a bad looking guy he's like I can see how girls wanted to be with him um I don't know how they'd want to marry him but okay anyways uh but this curly girl method hiding this unfortunate hairline you know and I sympathize for men actually I know I don't you have very little that goes wrong in your life fuck you you can lose your hair (laughs) especially Cody he deserves a fucking receding hairline if anybody does and yeah I there's just so many things that he could be doing better to help just his overall appearance his because yeah he looks like a grizzled jaded man now and I mean in this episode like you said he he's feeling like a 12 year old boy and he kind of looks like it compared to now oh man the years they have I guess that's what you get for having 18 kids too that's probably what's aged him quite a bit as well ay 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 anyways um I guess this is kind of a shorter episode, under an hour or so. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed a little flash in the past with the Brown family. I enjoyed watching these older episodes. And like I said, next week I'm going to be covering the Honeymoon Special, which is full of some really good gems. I watched some of it earlier this week, and (laughs) 
<laughs> there's some really, really fun moments there. Also some insight on Peyton being an asshole as a child. Hmm. Stay tuned. <laughs> Anyways, um, this was fun. Hope you guys have a lovely week. Be good to one another. Don't be an asshole. Bye. <laughs> this has been a production of See Money Entertainment. Follow us on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV or on Twitter at Advent in Reality.